In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You know, we all like winners. I mean, do you like to win? I mean, who among us would raise their hands if I said, you know, do you really like losing? There's very few people, if you really like losing, see me after this liturgy, okay? Because most of us just simply do not like to lose, you know? Um, Think of our teams. I mean, we follow those teams. What happened to the Illini? It's, It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Anyway, I mean, we like winners. In Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical, Jesus Christ Superstar, it really captures the sense of the moment as Jesus basically comes into Jerusalem riding as a king, all right, and uh, the acclamations and everything. And so what I'd like you to do is watch this clip of that video with me and capture the excitement, exuberance, as well as the concerns and fears. Did you catch the excitement? I mean, you just kind of see it. And I love those posters, you know, Jesus rules. I mean, Jesus orchestrated this. Do you realize in the gospel reading that we heard for Palm Sunday, he said, go into this village and uh, there's a guy that has a donkey there, all right, coming as he did into Jerusalem. He wanted to show that he was the son of David, the king entering his holy city. And the crowds were ecstatic. According to historians at the time, especially Josephus, there would be over a hundred thousand pilgrims swelling into Jerusalem. And so one can imagine how exciting it was. And yet you also could catch in that clip the deep concerns that the religious hierarchy, aristocracy, if you would, had about what Jesus was doing. In fact, in the Gospel of John, it's reported that the Pharisee was saying, look how the whole world is going after him as Jesus came into Jerusalem, goes into the temple, and what did he do there? Threw out the money changers and turned over the tables. Truly, here is our victor. And even the closest friends of Jesus were caught up in the excitement of the moment. In fact, in the Gospels, we're told that they were debating among themselves who was going to be Jesus' right-hand man, who was going to be the prime minister in Jesus' cabinet, in Jesus' kingdom. Oh, yeah, Jesus is a winner. But no one that day, nor the rest of this week, ever understood what winning really meant, what victory was all about. We think of winning as triumphing over others, winning the game, winning the match, winning the prize. And we do that by our wit and by our wisdom, by our skill that we've honed over time 
Or sometimes we do it just simply by brute force, forcing somebody. Sometimes winning means using people to serve our purposes. A lot of history behind that, isn't there? You know the phrase, the winner takes all? (laughs) Yes, the winner takes all. It's a slogan that many of us have learned when we were very young. Winner takes all. Well, Jesus appeared at the beginning of this week as a victor, as the winner, the one who was going to set up the kingdom of God there in Jerusalem, and He's going to restore the kingdom of His father David to its glorious time. But the conclusion of this week tells a different story. It's the narrative we heard in the gospel reading just moments ago. The accolades that began this week, Hosanna, became curses by the end of the week. Crucify! Yes. All hope came to a screeching halt as Jesus was arrested, went through a sham trial. It's very interesting that Luke records for us an incident that occurred on Sunday morning next Sunday morning. Several disciples were walking down the road to a village called Emmaus, and they were very, very deeply upset and just sad. And Jesus, unbeknownst to them, draws near, and He says, gosh, why do you look so glum? You look really down. He said, are you the only person in Jerusalem that hasn't seen what took place? He says, "Uh, what happened? (laughs) I mean, humor in that, but here's the one that happened to. What happened? He says, Well, it's about Jesus, you know, Jesus of Nazareth. He was a great prophet. We thought He was the one who was going to be the Messiah. He was going to do it all. He was going to be our leader, our king. But He was crucified. He was dead. We had hoped He was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped. An interesting little phrase because, see, they all felt hopeless. The great prophet from Nazareth was silenced by the might and the boot of Rome. But there was another story that was going on this week, a narrative that unfolds, but you have to have faith to understand what was happening. This narrative is not about power triumphing over weakness but it's about love, winning over hatred. It's of the collision of justice on the one hand with mercy on the other colliding in the passion and death of Jesus on the cross. And in that collision of justice and mercy, the product was of all things a vaccine, a vaccine that would bring life to the world, a vaccine that would bring from death new life, hope from despair, and forgiveness from the weakness displayed on the cross. You see, the vaccine 
of Jesus Christ is His sacrifice. And in this time when vaccines and everything is so important to us, the reality is this is the one vaccine that everyone needs. St. Paul would put it like this when he would write to the Corinthian congregation. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, for the cross is foolishness. Foolishness. It doesn't make sense. He says the weakness of God is stronger than men. The strength of God was found in His willingness to offer His Son for the life of the world. In our journey through this great week we call holy, on this Thursday evening, on the night when Jesus would be betrayed in the beginning of His passion, of His suffering, in an upper room inside the city of Jerusalem, Jesus would change the world forever. When over a loaf of matzah, Jewish unleavened bread, and over a chalice filled with wine, Jesus would say, this is my body offered for you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do you realize that it is Jesus on that night that offers us the narrative that nobody on that Golgotha hill watching the crucifixion could understand? It is there in the Holy Supper of that night that we understand the vaccine that flows from the cross of Jesus, the spear that pierced His side. For here is the vaccine that flows from the cross. His body and His blood offering you and me and the world life and healing. There have been many pandemics in the world, terrible epidemics, but they've come and they've eventually what? Gone. And we pray sometime that this pandemic ends and everything goes back to normal, right? Normal. And we do pray for that. But when you take the antidote the vaccine that Jesus offers, life isn't normal again. Because you're reborn. You're given a new life. You're given forgiveness and freedom. And you never, ever have to fear death again. In a world filled with so much hatred, so much division and skepticism and cynicism in a country filled with that. 
what we have, my brothers and sisters, this vaccine is what our country and our world needs. Amen? As we enter this week, this great Holy Week, may our hearts find renewed strength in the holy liturgies offered. And may our zeal and love for Jesus grow deeper, and may our resolve to do His mission here grow stronger and more determined. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.